Got a theme tune. Da 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 da. Um, I'm Wunchables. That's Dagda. That's a scoundrel. And welcome to Bevies of the Boys. We're the boys. And this is the Bevy. Um, Excoundrel, welcome to the show. As I'm sure you've seen on the hundreds of episodes that we've had, this is where we have a few beers and we talk a little bit about League of Legends. How does that sound, mate? That was the most pub accent munchables that we've ever had. Uh, you really, you really brought, you really brought yourself down to old England uh, munchables there. It's the smell of it. Mate. Just, <laughs> just the smell of it alone takes yeah. me back. You oh, know, look at my, look at my uh, very, very uh, working class bevy right here. I'm, uh, I'm ready to go down the, the pub with the boys. You know? Posh Maddox. So, all right, so let's let's do a round. We'll start with you, Dagda. What are you drinking tonight? What's your bevy of choice? Uh, Actually, I've just I'm... realized the overlays are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> While you tell us about your bevy, I'll swap okay. the overlays around. So I went a little bit uh, Spanish for my beer. I went Estrella, and I don't know how to pronounce that. So it's already off to a great start. But whatever Galicia. that beer is, it's a Barcelona beer, and it's tasty. So that's why I got it. <laughs> nice. There you go. What about I you, Scoundrel? Um... What, what are you swirling on well, tonight? Okay, so I did have a Budweiser. Uh then I, I took a couple of sips and I looked at the, the it's been in my fridge a while. Like, I didn't know how long it'd been in my fridge, but it'd been in my fridge a little while. I'm not really much of a beer drinker, to be honest with you. Um, and I looked at the sell by date or the use by date and it was February 2019. And I was like, wow, this, this beer is a year and a half out of date. Uh, so I decided to go find what else I had in the fridge. And I think I had like half a bottle of Chardonnay left. So I've actually got just that little glass Chardonnay. Cheeky, cheeky little sip of Chardonnay. Nice one. Yeah, there you go. I'm on the... Uh... I'm on a ruby ale tonight. It is Hobgoblin Ruby Beer, which for anyone that has had Hobgoblin, you know how good it is. It's not as fancy as that, but it's pretty good. I will say it's pretty good. It does look like a rum and quality beer. It does, yeah, it's very dark ale. It's not as dark as uh, this room would have you believe. It's like an amber ale. It's like a dark amber ale. Um, But like the lighting is suboptimal. Um, so, obviously, for anyone that's just tuning in that doesn't know who we are, I'm Munchables, this is Dagda, we're LPL casters, we're going to be doing this show on a weekly-ish basis, depending on when the gaps are in Worlds and then following that, um, to talk to some guests, talk about Worlds, talk about what's going on, and talk about the guests as well. And Excoundrel up here, this is my main man from the UK scene. Um, Kiernan, do you want to just give people a bit of a brief, like who you are kind of thing, where you come from, what do you do, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. Where you uh, life Take it wherever you I, want to take it. I am a vagrant. Uh, no, I am I'm just a, a freelance League of Legends caster, but I kind of do a lot of games. Um, I would probably say I've been in the game, probably been in the game longer, almost as long, long maybe longer than both of these guys, but have just been doing like freelance for a very long time. <laughs> um, I generally do a bit of hosting. So I did two weeks of hosting of the LEC last year, and I generally do a lot of the European Masters stuff. So I'm kind of heavily involved in the European Masters side of things on the European scene. Um, other than that, I'm a dad. Um, got a little man called Rupert, uh, and I'm apparently a wine drinker. So there you go. <laughs> how is it? How is you did Twitch Rivals yesterday, the day before yesterday. Did Twitch Rivals on Monday and Tuesday, yeah. Twitch oh, Rivals how was that? and Trouble. It was good, like really chill. Like it, it was obviously coming off the back of like a really serious broadcast, like European Masters, where yeah. you know the, the focus is on amateur talent and 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 up and coming teams and things like that. 
Um, to go to Twitch Rivals where it's just complete meme fest is it was it was good fun. I was unfortunately a little under the weather, and I still am a little bit under the weather um, from yesterday. And I was I was being carried pretty hard by Ender and uh, Ender in trouble, but uh, it was good. Uh, Twitch Rivals is always fun, and the French team actually smurfed it. Nice. Which who's on the French team? Uh, Casey Adam. He's a pretty much he's like a solo queue monster. He's like a Darius Camille two trick player. He's absolutely insane. They they let him have Camille like almost every game I saw him play. Um, there was uh, Robolas, which I think he's a pretty popular French streamer. Then their bot lane was, do you know what? I don't even remember who the bot lane was. Never mind. Just a load of good players, basically. Yeah. Really, really. Oh, Solary, Solary, who's a pretty big French streamer as well. Yeah. So just lots of really good high high elo streamers. I think everybody on the French roster is challengers, so they were very. Good. <laughs> how did uh, how did Foxtrot do? I didn't get to see any of it, but I know Foxtrot was played. They didn't do as badly as you would have thought from the outset. <laughs> That's I think, not I think a positive they came... start to the sentence. <laughs> no, I think they. I think most people expected them to do really bad and not get a win, but I think they ended up coming fourth, like going four four. They had Kerberos though, and obviously Kerberos is kind of Smurf, so like yeah. he, he was like able to like essentially take a dump on some kids, you know, like <laughs> he was in the top lane. He was he was doing he was doing some uh, some pretty dirty things like he was playing like a full crit kale build but other than that like they actually did better than i think even they expected to so i think they had a good good result overall were um, there any players that like stood out to you because obviously you had like zazi karzi all those lads that moved on kistic who was kaiser moved on from oh do you mean european masters okay yeah, yeah. twitch rival twitch rivals was just like <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> we segue quick, quick we change the conversation yeah, we segue, yeah. yeah um oh from european masters who stood out to me um Zanzara in the jungle, he was really fun. Obviously, still got to hype my boy um, uh, Tinks. I still think he deserves an LEC spot. I think uh, from Ego Rogue, yeah, Ego Rogue has got a lot of like veteran players. I think um, Shekalad, Shekalad is an insanely good mid laner, like really, really solid. I think the LDLC mid laner, what the hell is his name? Um, Viteo, like Viteo is unbelievably good as well. Yeah, Viteo, Tinks, Zanzara, Shekalad, and obviously Ibo. Like Ibo needs a look oh, in yeah. somewhere. This this guy is an absolutely insane top laner, and I think if if someone doesn't pick up Ibo for next LEC season, they're trolling. Fair enough, I can get behind that. Ice Beast, though, I remember his silence specifically being something to be feared. Which is uh, it's his it's his everything thing. his his everything right like his Orn was dirty his his Aatrox in the previous European Masters basically solo carried like he's a he's a really good top laner but obviously European Masters has got so much good talent yeah. like there's loads of great players so. yeah it's it's so competitive it's actually nuts um, all right so let's talk a little bit about Worlds if that's all right with you gentlemen um, have you been watching have you, are you both up to date on all of the shenanigans from playing? Yeah, yeah I was struggling a little bit over the weekend, so I watched it. May not have all sunk in, but I did watch it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's um, let's just kind of go through and and talk about the teams a little bit because there's definitely a couple of teams that stood out far and away above everyone else. Like, for example, Team Liquid. Where did that come from? Uh, like Team Liquid, the NA team coming in suddenly looked like maybe the best team in the whole of play-ins that was nuts yeah, yeah i think um they've got some incredible players on that roster right and and obviously impact always gets a world's buff like i don't know what it is about this man but like he just he pulls out like skt impact when it comes to worlds yeah. like, the guy is an actual an actual swift and plus like giving broxa graves like over and over and over again 
especially when it's like a, a jungler that I think suits Brox's kind of style, which is essentially just sit farm, be more intel like more like intelligent jungle pathing into the enemy jungle, trying to take away jungle mm -hmm. camps and stuff like that. Where there isn't as much impetus on him to like step up and like make things happen in lane. I think giving Brox a graves over and over again, where there's less pressure on him to just do something and, and then kind of like play towards his laner's strengths. I think uh, I think really benefited uh, Team Liquid, and he obviously shone on that particular pick. So I I think people underestimated Liquid coming into just because they were a third seed from NA, but they they I think they were clearly a very good team coming into yeah. the play-ins. I I was expecting them to get out with with relative ease, um, and they were actually the least surprising thing for me from from the entire play-ins. I, I was expecting them to do well, and they did. I think. Just going back to your point on the Graves, I love that the fact that. Because it's play-ins, like you've got three winning lanes essentially. Like tactical and core JJ looked amazing. Yeah, like I was gonna say that tactical, Twitch yeah. Dan was insane. But because you've got impact, who looks absolutely smurfing the whole thing. You got Jensen who's winning his lane. It just makes it easy for Broxit to all right, I'm gonna kip off into the enemy jungle and I'm just gonna take everything. So like it kind of everything just fits so well for them the entire way through. It, it feels like that's exactly what Broxa is comfortable in as well. Like this slow, more controlled style of play, like Broxer feels like he's home again. It feels like, all right, I found mm. somewhere I can really chill out and I can like mesh with this team. Feels like they're a bunch of chill dudes now that Double Lift's I, out I of the way. I think the meta suits Broxer right now as well, you know? Like, I, I think like the farming jungle meta kind of suits Broxer in that sense. Because I think like you just stick him on Hecarim, you stick him on Graves. Like, he can just do camps. And then I think one of Broxer's main strengths is just being able to impact like skirmishes and team fights more so than anything else. Uh, and he obviously was hugely, hugely um, impactful in that in, in the games that we saw him play in plans. For sure, for sure. So who, outside of Team Liquid then, who were the teams that surprised you the most across? Because you guys kind of agreed that Team Liquid, to some extent you expected to be consistent. Who were the teams that you did not expect uh, to, to pop off like they did? PSG Talon. Like, it has to be. Like, <laughs> I had no high expectations for the PCS whatsoever coming in. And then they come in with two substitutes as well. And I'm like, all right, I've already written them off. I'm like, they're done. And then they just pop off. Like, Kongyue and Yuni Boy were sick. And then the, the way they gelled together as well, because the most difficult part is obviously team fights. Like, especially with the meta that we're in, with how you need to play around dragon fights, your team fighting has to be on point. And I expected them to just fall flat, but every single time, they just looked so damn good running off of these early leads they'd got through mid lane. And I was really surprised by how good they looked. I think I think PSG is like the, just purely from the fact that they had substitutes is definitely the obvious choice because of the fact that we, we just, it was a completely different roster realistically. They had little time to prepare. Um, but I think if you're going to replace anything, like replacing a mid-jungle duo is usually some, or like replacing a bot lane duo in isolation or replacing a, a mid-jungle duo in isolation is usually okay because those are the units that work together the most. Mm -hmm. um, but even even then, they, they replaced their AD carry, right? They replaced their AD carry because he also had issues getting to this issue. The, the question for me with PSG now is like, do what if the visa issues get resolved for group stages? Do you do you change it back? Like, you don't want yeah. to. I, like, I, think, I, I think they are resolved. I think that it is like pretty much set in stone that yeah. they have their property. They were now. just in quarantine. Like they're back for groups. Oh, they're, they're in quarantine, quarantine. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so the thing is that you change it back because you, you did they so don't have well a choice. Playing. Yeah, they don't have a choice. Oh, they don't have a they choice. They have to oh, play wow, with their okay. original roster. So that's where it gets really, really interesting is like how much of this was World's buff, how much of this was actually... Because let's just bear in mind, Machi is already in the group stage. Like this isn't even the first seed team. And then they've got subs coming from the fourth seed PCS team and they look this fucking good? 
Imagine with the full roster. Like, imagine what Maxi is going to look like. Maybe PCS is going to sleep a region forever. I think, to be fair, though, I think, like, Kongyue and Uniboy were, like, outliers. They were, like, super, super good on their team anyway. So I think, like, everyone who watches PCS knew when they came over that these were going to be exceptionally good. But I think it was more, like, how well do they gel with everyone else on the team was kind of the bigger question. But, I mean, yeah. I mean, if it was me, I'd be sticking a few hot water bottles in with the lads before they go to bed, (laughs) see if we can rise the temperatures a bit. (laughs) Just see if we can go with the roster. (laughs) Oh, Oh, no. Yeah, I I Uh, have to say. Sorry, go on, kid. No, 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 you go, mate, you go. I was just going to say, I, the thing that impressed me the most was that, in my opinion, they had the best set plus AP jungle combo of the entire playing stage, which, where, like, that's not even a, that easy of a combo to pull off, especially in terms of, like, how it fits into a greater team. The fact that they were able to pull that off consistently is just it's so impressive it, for a team that basically just, like, cobbled themselves together and then had to wing it. Like, I cannot believe how well they did. Also, Legacy. Legacy, really impressive performance coming out from Australia. They didn't make it in the end, but fair play to them. Three of one in the groups is pretty damn impressive. Yeah, I think uh, I'm going to go on the other end of the spectrum. The, the surprise for me was um, was was Mad Lions. I, 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 I was expecting... I, 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 put, I put them in as a surefire. I put them in as a surefire get-out-of-groups. Um, I think I had some discussions with people from the European scene and they were like, well, you do need to put it in context. Like they are the fourth European seed. It's like the first time that's happened, right? Yeah. So like- you I have mean, the fourth our fourth seed never had any issues. You know, we were totally <laughs> no way <laughs> <laughs> So we had, our, it was a fourth seed clearly. And, and like, the, you have to give, you have to take that in context. Like you're going up against some either like second or first seeds in, in that sense from other regions. So it's fourth seed versus a lot of like first and second seeds from those regions. So I think you need to give context to that. Plus, I think Mad Lions did a really good job during the regular season of the LEC of like of like buffing their the viewers and the the, the fans' expectations of the roster. Like they were the team I think that that looked really clean because they surprised a lot of people with a lot of draft, uh, a really really solid drafting and a lot of way that they played the game. But I think over the course of the LEC, once the once like European teams started to figure them out, you could quite clearly see that Mad Lions were not quite the team that they once were. Um, they weren't the team that was steamrollering everyone through the first yeah. half of the LEC, and so they, they had dropped off a little bit coming to Worlds. But I, I do, I am, I was surprised. Like I actually was surprised that they took that many losses in, in the playing stages. Don't want, I don't want to take anything away from the lads. They obviously fought their hearts out. They they really tried their best. But I was genuinely surprised. I I, I thought that Mad Lions would be a guaranteed. I think they kind of got baited a little bit by the meta as well. Like they were the team that was constantly running Lilia. They were constantly running Evelyn, and like. The Evelyn has definitely fallen off. I hate Lilia. I think she's a complete bait. And she's just I like Kakao's Lilia. Kakao's Lilia is good, yeah. But I mean, like, mm. you've got, like, one player versus the entirety of play-ins. Yeah. And when you look at Mad Lines, they were constantly running this. And I think the biggest issue was in a meta that's so defined by, like, hey, we need to get dragons. We need to fight. We need to do things. Like, a Lilia is great when she gets that pop-off moment. And that's where you kind of look and go, oh, this is what this champion's for. But those moments are so, like, few and far between. I'd much rather a Graves that clears just as well, can have a little bit more in the mid-jungle 2v2. And from there, I can actually, like, pressure the game. And they kind of come down would have you and Ender would have lots of discussion. Ender loves Lilia, so I think oh, you and really? Ender would have yeah. yeah, you and Ender would have a really long discussions <laughs> about that. Um, yeah. I actually disagree with you though. I think Lilia is pretty good. I think Lilia is actually, but I think the problem with Lilia is I do think she's quite hard to play, um, and I think that's maybe what people are alluding to when it comes to Peanut. Like she's a very like she's one of the few champions in the game that is like is mobility based in terms of her skill ceiling. Right, her, her, her entire skill ceiling comes from her mobility base and, and like how you utilize that. And I don't think many people have quite figured that out yet. But I actually think like Lily is insanely good. 
my whole thing is like I'm coming from a region where you fight for every dragon, you fight for everything across the map, and like skirmishes are not really where Lilia can be particularly good. She ends up falling no, off. Sure. So when I start looking at like, and particularly like this was, I even said it to Joe. I we've had this conversation before. Munchables is like. I hate seeing Peanut specifically on Lilia because LGD is an entire team that revolves around we need to get an early game rolling so our kind of sh crappy, shitty team fight engages don't <laughs> fall off later on. So when I see Peanut on something like Lilia where he's not actually able to play around Shia in the mid lane, he's not able to go for these aggressive invades because the skirmishes aren't there, that's where I start to go, all right, cool. Like, let's just move completely away from that. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest gripe I have about Lilia is just like, the lack of early game control that she gives, especially for a team, well, LGD, mm -hmm. and I think for Madlines as well, from what I've seen, especially when the Shadow was like, oh yeah, he's the Lee Sin guy from LEC, definitely having these earlier skirmish junglers would have suited him a little bit more. I definitely think that Lilia is one of these picks that inevitably is going to be played a lot of this World Championship. I don't think that the players' junglers uh, showed what she can do, like gave the pick justice. I think that if you have priority in your lanes so that you can help her that so you can set her up so you can get a double scuttle crabs and everything like that things like the set mid lane things like renekton in the top lane as well that's when she can really shine like especially mm. with the set in the mid lane but we keep on seeing a lot of people just locking her in alongside an ap mid laner that doesn't have any priority or alongside just whatever they happen to have already drafted and they're like hey lily is really good right now let's just throw it in doesn't work yeah. like that. She when she's not set up correctly, she's just I mean, she's she's just a deer at that point. Yeah. And there are headlights I, coming. I I think Lilia is a jungler. This is something that Ender told me, and I think I kind of agree with it. Um I think Lilia is a jungler. Often you talk about needing um like your jungler can set up laners, right, and stuff like that. But actually I think Lilia is the opposite. You need your laners to set up your jungle. And she's one of those junglers that if you don't have hard CC in lanes, if you don't have setup in lanes, you just you're not gonna have the impact. And like Munch said, the prior is important as well because she has an insanely quick clear speed, great AoE clear. She's she like has a really, really solid passive that you can make use of over elongated fights. But that's the point. Like it's not about like you don't unless unless you're post six, you don't use Lilia to like find these big burst fights. Lilia is about keeping your passive uptime, being a nuisance, using your, your mobility to your advantage and, and making it difficult for the enemy team to find windows. Um, but I, again, I don't know if we really saw that from the, the play and junglers, but I, I think we'll see a lot of her in the world's main stage for sure. And I think you just, once we see the teams crack the code about how to set Lilia up properly, I think you'll probably see her power level that much higher. But Graves quite clearly is going to be huge as well. Like the, the, the champion's just nutty like really nutty and and doesn't require the same kind of investment with a comp to make graves work you know yeah. um so yeah same at nidalee just opening up the ability to go for like an ad mid laner is just so strong at the moment um yes, and our clear yeah, speed is just insane it's just like cool like whoever can clear the fastest just toss him in essentially at this stage yeah. yeah the funny thing is have you ever heard pros talk about the fact that nidalee is kind of cr like crap on lan like a lot of them oh, will really? say like at, at zero ms you shouldn't be getting hit by nidalee spears so like they always oh. talk about the fact that you should dodge Nidalee Spears on zero MS, but we have seen quite a bit of her uh, like you know in worlds and professional play this year. So uh, you know I think um, I do think we'll see some more Nidalee. She's also I also think like Nidalee is like one of those the most heavily user dependent junglers out there. Like you you get the oh, Nidalee yeah. players and they just absolutely crush you. Like there are just some people that are Nidalee players and they smurf it, and some people are like 
Nidalee's a counter to Graves, right? Or like Nidalee copes with Graves because of clear speed, then lock it in and just, just like int it, like yeah, really try, hard. Try to figure yeah. out what on earth is going on. Yeah, I definitely agree with that one. And like, I think one of the things you mentioned how like uh, Nidalee is more difficult the less ping you have because you can dodge spears. I definitely think that that goes back to the conversation of not just blind picking these junglers for the sake of blind picking these junglers, but instead locking them in with things that can set up for that. Because like, when, I mean, I'll use the two examples I used earlier with set mid and Renekton top, for example, you can set up for Nidalee to hit that spear and like pretty much guarantee that you're going to be able to find that gank, that you're going to be able to find that kill and you're going to be able to find control of the map. So I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes, but let's uh, let's move away from the the discussion of uh, junglers right now because uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the teams and some of the teams that uh, are a little bit sillier because LGD, man, oh, what God. is going on? Like, what is this team? They are like, they have redefined the word inconsistent. It feels like you see a different team hitting the rift every single game. They draft like all kinds of nonsense and it feels like half the time their priorities change between drafts but then sometimes they're all on one page and it just looks beautiful at the end of a best of five and then the best of ones it's like they've never played it's like half of them are dota players and they've just come in for the banter yeah well, this, yeah this upset me a lot <laughs> i was just like like the biggest thing for lgd was like <clears throat> looking at the mistakes that they'd made back at the start of the summer split versus how they kind of grew as the summer split progressed. It was like, on my notes was, Kramer will get caught out in weird positions, have this weird pathing error that ends up costing the game or a team fight. And I was like, oh, but when we got to playoffs, as we got towards the end of the summer split, it was like, that doesn't happen anymore. Kramer's the best. He looks amazing. And then we get to Worlds, and it's like, day one, Kramer's ass just walks yeah. off into the middle of the jungle and Orn goes, cool, I'm going to go kill her. It was just like, there was so many of these mistakes that started to creep in. Mark missing abilities again. His engages are completely off. Um, and even Chie, some of his some of his plays, I'm just like, even today on the yeah. cast, I was like, played laning phase fantastically against Legacy. I was like, cool. And then he goes into team fights. I was yeah. like, how much DC can I get hit into the face? It's like, <laughs> the, the crazy thing is, like, Shia was getting complimented like crazy, especially in that game, because he was on Castadin and he got, like, multi-kills, right? And that's just how Castadin is. Like, you get to get multi-kills. But so many of those fights, as you say, he just, like, jumps in and it's like, hey, I'm Braum nice to meet you it's <laughs> like just stud after stud after stud like just basically face plants into the whole squad it's like all right well good and like so many t even like the best of ones obviously best of ones is best of ones i could kind of like allow that for lgd but so many times today we saw them like hmm they may have five players and we may have three and they may be ahead in gold but i think we could take this fight <laughs> <laughs> like i think the only reason that lgd won today was they were just better laners like yeah if the yeah, OC i get that had, impression yeah if oc had been able to lay and like that's always been and i'm not like dissing them that has been the the chatter that i've heard from like hysterics and a lot of the guys over in the oc is just like the laning phase isn't quite there but like if they hadn't fallen behind like in whatever game that was they had like camille top casting boss and ezreal boss i sorry casting mid ezreal boss i was like they were still coming out with you know, 3,000 gold from the laning phase. Like, if OC had been able to keep up, I think that would have been a very different series. I think um, I think from watching the games today, and I, I know you guys were talking about the Kassadin, but, like, he won laning phase on Kassadin, which, like, clearly just shows that it is 
it was a lane difference. And I think if, as Munchables will know, having cast the UK long, long time before uh, before the sort of the LPL days, the Munch will know days. that <laughs> the good old days of the ESL Premiership. Um, Munch will know that the uh, one of the strategies that, that can sometimes happen when you have a differential in skill level is that you just win game. You can play the game like trash. You win lane, but you can play the game like trash, but just win the game because you've just like stomped everybody in the laning phase. And that's definitely the impression that I got through this series. I think LGD when they go up against a good team are going to get absolutely crushed if they don't sort out their macro. Like, if so, they don't sort out how they approach dragon fights. So let me just get this straight in my head. What you're saying is um, LGD are the Renegades Banditos of play-ins. Yep. Yep, they are, they are the absolute Renegades Banditos of play-ins. So what you're saying is Peanut is Max Law. It's the ultimate Peanut conclusion. Peanut is Max Law. Yep, absolutely. Kedril is the mid laner. Yeah. <laughs> Kedril is Shio. <laughs> And so Shie, basically, the, what we can extrapolate from this is that Shie has a future in broadcast. Apparently, Shie is like absolutely pog. Shie is pog on the OL Zandlist desk. Yeah, that's what I can conclude from uh, conclude from this. Um, but you know, I think um, I do think that today was just a clear gulf in skill of individual yeah. players. Which I think you look at the roster of LDG, you look at the strength of the LPL. You were expecting that for every game from LGD and players. Like I genuinely was expecting that. You know, maybe not against. Um, some of the, the better teams like Liquid. I don't think they played Liquid though, did they? Um, but I think like I, I think I, in fact LGD had the slightly easier easier inverted commas group. I think when it, when we looked at the play-ins group. Well, but, it's it's actually um, interesting. Cause I just want to quickly touch on that topic when you bring it up because that's what I think. That's what I thought on paper as well. But when you look at mm. it in in retrospect, three of the teams that Group B made it to the group stage. Only one team mm -hmm. from Group A made it. So. Mm -hmm maybe it was the harder group and it was just chaotic because they were the better teams like where yeah, does supermassive no, and legacy and mad lions fit in that conversation i i agree with you by the way i actually agree with your assessment there but i think when i like i said when i said when i thought about coming into these groups before we even see oh, the game right, played like my expectation was lgd should just be absolutely shit stomping every single game they played just through pure player diff like not even just like jungle diff or mid diff, like every diff like it should have just been every diff in, in for lgd i think League in that diff. group but, <laughs> but I think that's why we, we actually had some of the the most exciting play-ins I've ever seen. Like, I, I, frankly For speaking, sure. I've watched, I've had, I've had some play-ins in worlds where I just haven't even like particularly watched or not been that bothered because I'm like, eh, like I'm not that, I don't, I don't care that much. This world's play-ins, I was genuinely hooked. Like every game was interesting, um, just because of the relative power level of certain regions, just seems to have exponentially grown. Yeah. Uh, like super massive. Like where the where the fuck did that come from? Like <laughs> Turkey is Turkey is like classically always been bad at the world's playing stages. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, like, super... Armor's a beast. Yeah, like, Armor's Armor is hilarious. Dude, by the way, think, like you I, I see him on Armour... the player cam while he's playing. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, flashes yeah. for the double kill on Malphite, who was robbed by like two <laughs> HP, and he's just like giggling away to himself for the camera. Dude. I picked Armut for a fantasy lead thing I was doing. I was like, I picked him because I was like, well, I have this many points left, and this guy uh, can really—he's the best person I can afford with my points. And I didn't—I well, I did not have expectations <laughs> coming. He's the—he is the biggest point earner on my entire fantasy <laughs> roster. I had Peanut, I had Kazi, I had um, Uniboy, and I had Kaiwing. Uniboy and Kaiwing kind of smurfed it a little bit as well. But yeah. Armut single-handedly like carried my team and, and he's the cheapest player on my roster this guy is a turbo smurf like absolute turbo smurf oh i love it yeah it's it's definitely been an interesting one so i want to i want to round out the conversation of play-ins here and i want to ask you guys who was your best player of play-ins and who was your worst player of play-ins 
and you can have a have a second to think about it if you want but i want to kind oh. of nominate some players and and figure out where we want to put them on the scale because one of the players that i think deserves a lot of praise coming out of play-ins is tactical on team liquid i mm -hmm, think the mm -hmm. guy leveled up coming into worlds he was already looking great in playoffs but he in my opinion looked like the best player in team liquid and he is so willing to make plays which is such a rare commodity for ad carries especially when things like ash and Jin are in the matter but i love that he's bringing out the twitch i love that he's happy to make himself known on that twitch as well and make plays against these other teams that have reputations that are big teams he's happy to be the carrier and step up and i i think he deserves a medal i cannot wait to see him in group stage oh, this is really hard there's like at least for best player like there's a few like even looking at 80 carries again like i thought gadgets on uol was really really good i thought he smurfed um yeah yeah Gadget no would have been the guy good. I said second, I think. For, for, for me, yeah, Gadget's insane. No Man's for me, I think, is what I was pointing towards. I think No yeah, Man's true. has been been really good for Unicorns of Love. That's the guy I'd probably look into highlight. Um, I, I, I was looking at Unicorns of Love at, on the same lines of Dagger. I think like they have been an incredibly good team. But No Man's for me definitely is is the guy that I, I think I'd be pointing my fingers towards as being the best player. Worst player? I, I hate to say it, Shadow. Shadow, Shadow for me has been. I, I, I don't like the worst player award. I, I, I feel like I feel like we're crapping on people a little bit, but um, Shadow has been disappointing for a while in the LEC. Given that he came from the European Masters last year, and he was absolutely insane. He just he's a little bit like leader for me. Like just hasn't had that level of performance mm -hmm. yet, and I just think that he's kind of tapered off a little bit towards the end of LEC, and I just don't think his world's performance was particularly a, a highlight for him. One thing to mention with Shadow is that he's obviously a rookie coming into this year. Yeah, He yeah, spent yeah. the entire year under COVID, so he's been playing from home. And then mm -hmm. his, not his first stage games ever, but like stepping onto the big stage in a giant green room, by the way. It's not even like a normal stage. He's in an AR environment, right? So he's in basically a giant green screen. And he has to play on the stage in a country he doesn't know after two weeks of quarantine. And he's a representative for the European region. Like, that's a lot of pressure. I'm not surprised oh, I, that Mad Lions I completely agree. Yeah, struggle. I completely agree with you. And I think, I, I think, given context, it's quite clear that there are reasons why performance may not have been optimal. But I, I just, if I had to choose someone and, you know, you, you wanted someone he would be the the person that i, I personally was a and i think because i'm also quite proud of the european region obviously really really wanted mad lions to do well yeah um yeah. but I, I just think like on that on that roster in particular shadow did not have the like the the standout performance for me but like i said i don't want this to be shadow is shit like it's not it's yeah. not that at all like I, there is quite clearly contextual reasons as to why performance may not have been amazing but just i just don't think that um shadow had the best performance ever for for, for mad lions but for, for me the, the, the player that i loved was no man's i think he never heard of him before never really watched the uh, the, the the region um but now i will be now i think he's, he's definitely got some he's no there. longer no man's he's now some man's <laughs> some man's there you go he's the man for one man <laughs> what were you gonna say Dagda? i think i interrupted uh, you i think if excalibur's gonna go with the european one i'm gonna go with the lpl one uh, I think Mark has been the most disappointing for me. Like, even in playoffs, Adam rated, like, the second week of support coming into playoffs. And I think he's reverted back tenfold. Like, a bunch of Zenith Blades were missed. A bunch of Solar Flares were missed. It kind of, even the early game pressure that we saw out of him in the LPL, where he'd actually get out and start roaming around that level 4, level 5 mark, just wasn't happening either. So, I think from 
his position, but also actually also his positioning was just like in some fights. I'm just like looking at him going, why are you there? Like of all places that you need to be right now, getting caught out in the river is not where you're supposed to be. So I think honestly, from my perspective, Mark has kind of been the one that's taken a massive step down. And I had really high hopes for himself and all of LGD after they took such a massive leap forward in playoffs. But it just seems to have all fallen apart now. Fair enough. I'm with it. Well, who was your best player, Declan? Um, I, I'm going to go with Gadget. I yeah. think Gadget really impressed me. Yeah. All right. So I said Tactical is my best player, but I kind of want to change that because I want it. Well, no, I want to give an honorable mention at least. Tay on INTZ, by the way. Tay's a beast. Like, that guy is an ELO hell because my worst player is on the same team. Envy, my God, man. I don't know if it was pressure. I don't know what it was. There were so many fights where, like, he was on Zoe and he was just missing everything. And Tay is there, like, 9-1-4 and four or something, like, smurfing 1v9-ing. And Envy's there, like, he's just going to hit one paddle star and they win the game. And he's like, I hit W instead of Q. Sorry, guys. It's like, God, bro, come on. Come on, man. Like, just hold it together. Hold it together for Tay. That's all I'm asking. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. Like, I don't know if Envy is a, a rookie player or something like that. It definitely felt like nerves or jitters or something. But yeah, yeah I just did not did not perform. I kind of want to give a shout out to V3 uh, as well. Like, I know their laning phase wasn't amazing, but I was actually really impressed with their team fights. I thought their team fight coordination was super super strong. Um, the way they set up those engages, the way they had vision and stuff like that, I thought was really good. And although like Boogie kind of got caught out because he was like, oh, well, I'm Elise and his champion pool wasn't quite there. I think overall, like you could see the ideas were there as to how we're going to set this up, how we want to start our wins going. Like, okay, we're going to go for this top lane dive. Now, the coordination, the execution wasn't quite there, but I still like for Japan kind of coming in as like a new, a very new region where they're trying to yeah. get themselves set up. And mo- a lot of the players aren't even you know, challenge our grandmasters. There's like a few D2 players and stuff like that in there. I was really impressed with how they did hold their own against uh, a lot of the teams that obviously are super, super high rated. Yeah, I agree. I think V3, you know, fair play to them. It was always going to be a difficult task. They were certainly not a favorite coming in. I think they had no game showing. They got themselves, uh, what was it, one, two wins? Uh, one I win. I think it was just one win, yeah. But they beat, you know, I, I look, they showed up, they had themselves a win, like, fair play to them. And they were in a difficult group. Let's bear in mind, PSG Talon came out of the woodwork. Unicorns of Love, everyone was hyping up before they even came in, and they lived up to that hype. And then this LGD in the group, like, it was never going to be an easy task for V3. Um, either way, let's round out the conversation about plans. Let's move on, because I want to talk about the group stage. Because the group stage is coming up, boys. And this is going to be a good one. Because um, the groups are fucking stacked. Holy shit. Like, there is... There are two groups that I think are, like, fairly easy to predict. One of them is Group B, because you've got Damon and JDG. And, like, if they don't come out of the group, I think it's an upset by default. Mm-hmm. And other than that... I mean, Group D as well, you've got top esports you expect will definitely make it out. But like Group A, you've got 
G2 Suning, Liquid who look amazing in play-ins, Machi who you have to assume are better than PSG, and PSG were smurfing play-ins, so how good are Machi? Question mark. You've got Group C, Fnatic, Genji, LGD, TSM, like, and then Group D, Top Esports, DRX, FlyQuest, Unicorns of Love who also smurf play-ins, like, this group stage is incredibly difficult to call. Yeah, I think this is a very stacked group stage. I would say, like you said, I think Group B, like probably in inverted commas, was the easiest to call. Um, I do have, I do have questions about the relative strength of Korea as a region. I do, I do genuinely have questions. I think that's a difficult thing to to assess, given that we haven't seen much of it on a world stage this year. That mid-season um, you know, just <laughs> didn't look good for them. Um, it didn't look good. So yeah, I, I think like. Korea always look amazing in their isolated region, but then I think export that to a world stage. I'm I'm just interested to see how they fare. I still think they're going to do well. I still think they're going to be good. Um, but I, I just think the Chinese style of play is just going to absolutely batter think, most teams. I think Damwon is going to do really well. I think Damwon look exceptional. Sure. But I think that it's Damwon here, and then there's the rest of Korea here. Because sure. Damwon's play style is like, dominant lanes right damn one are like the ig of korea basically where they're just like we're better than you and we're just gonna win lanes and then win game right and then skirmish and then team fight etc etc they're kind of like top esports honestly and that style works against chinese teams that style can match aggression because you're gonna you're not gonna let them get leads and you're gonna be able to match them in those skirmishes but the rest of the Korean teams don't play that style. And based on Danwon's success with that style, I don't know how well the rest of the Korean teams are going to be able to match up against some of the LPL teams and even EU teams like G2, for example. Yeah, I agree. I think... I still think DRX will actually do well. I think the like they're also a team that likes to scrap. They're a team that likes to kind of play a lot of that more fight-heavy style. Um, mm. And I think they'll do reasonably okay. But I think it's... It's interesting to see how like Gen G do because I mean like I know it wasn't a very I know a lot of people kind of look at mid season cup and don't really say oh well look it was just a whatever tournament but I still think when we get to see the the clash and the different styles meet up between LPL and LCK it was interesting mm -hmm. to see like which teams could actually hold up I think Gen G definitely struggled a lot more just because of that aggression where because Gen G style is so much more oh, we're going to control, we're going to get our vision down, we're going to deny you that vision so you don't feel safe approaching. And then you look at Top Esports, who's like, I don't care, we're going to fight anyway, we'll just walk in here. I think they kind of got caught off guard, so maybe they're more prepared for it coming into Worlds. But I think Gen G just, with teams that aren't as calculated and slow as the Korean, some of the Korean teams are, I think they might struggle. I tell you what, who I am really worried for. I'm actually worried for Europe in general. I, 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 last year I had G2 and we were like, yeah, like G2 absolutely smurfed it. And obviously they did really well, made it to the finals, and it was a really, really, really fun. Series. I mean, they got smashed, but you know, I think regardless of that, they made it to finals. Um, this year I'm looking at Fnatic, I'm looking at um, uh, Rogue, I'm looking at G2. I'm thinking, I don't know how confident I feel. Now maybe that's a good thing. Maybe the Maybe the lack of confidence is maybe a good thing. I don't have high expectations for us, but but like I I genuinely genuinely uh, am a little concerned about Europe's chances this year. I just I don't mm. think our region got stronger in 2020. I think everything I think every other region, including North America, has leveled up a little bit, and I don't know if Europe has done the same thing. Uh, we don't. We've been very scrappy. I don't think our games have looked clean at all, especially in our playoffs. Um, 
I'm just, I am just a little worried for Europe overall. I, I think the first few games are going to be quite telling. The first week, especially, is going to be very telling for me about how, how, how we're going to. Expect. I'm expecting G2 to get out of groups. I am expecting G2 to get out of groups. But for Fnatic and Rogue, I'm, I'm a little concerned, genuinely. So I, I think that, um, I definitely think you're right in that, like relative strength based on looking at the playoffs from the various regions. I think that Europe looks weaker than they have in the past. However, I do think that, first off, Fnatic leveled up in a big way going into playoffs. Like, looked better and better every series until that final series, but I don't think that that's like them. I don't think that was them getting worse. I think that was G2 getting better and like reading Fnatic better. And I also think that that's kind of a little bit of just G2 versus Fnatic. It does feel like fanatic have just something going on where they can't seem to be that team so yeah. i do think that fanatic especially obviously i think so i think g2 will make it out of their group i think that's going to be scrappy but i think they'll make it out with fanatic their group is actually fairly simple in my opinion like when you look at like lgd clearly clearly suck in best of ones like i really I'm kind of going to be surprised if OGD make it out of Group C, honestly, the way they looked in play-ins. Even with the performances in best of fives, I think LGD might just be doomed. Um, Genji as well, I agree with Dagda. I think that they're going to struggle with a higher pace of game. And I think Fnatic and TSM are probably the teams to make it out of that group because Fnatic don't suck in best of ones, do always show up when it comes to Worlds and international tournaments. Like, I think that Fnatic is a team and an organization that has consistently performed when it comes to the World Championship. And it, like, there have been years in the past where Fnatic do look shaky coming up to Worlds and then they make it to Worlds and they're like, boom, time to fucking show up, right? They seem to do it every year. Like, and I don't think that that's coincidence. I think it's like, like Astralis and CSGO where they just consistently perform every single time, even if people don't expect him to. I think Fnatic has a similar thing going on in League of Legends. So I think G2 and Fnatic both should look incredibly good. I think um, people are kind of sleeping a little bit on North America as well. Like, yeah. I know, obviously, there's all the NA memes, there's all the kind of stuff that goes on, but, like, I didn't get to watch a huge amount of games, so I'm not going to claim I'm an expert by any sort of stretch of the margin. But definitely when I looked at them, I was like, strong early game, they know how to play the map, they know how to push advantages, like, they've got a lot of unique picks as well, like, the, the Zillion and stuff that you don't see a huge amount in other regions. Um... Or maybe I'm just wrong with that, but at least I think they've definitely got their own style. Yeah. And I think especially when you look at like Team Liquid and how solid they looked. Now, play-ins, whatever, I still think they look good. I have a feeling that we're going to see a lot better of a performance from North America this year than we have from other years. Especially because mm -hmm. I kind of agree with Excoundrel a bit. I think Europe has taken a little bit of a step down. Um, especially when I look at like G2's bottom lane. Perks and Mickey have been like feeding their asses off in so many of their series that I just go like, what is going on there? It has been like it has been like Caps carrying the day a lot of the time for G two, yeah. and, and and Yankos has not had a good season. Like Yankos really has not had a good season, and there has been several games in playoffs where Yankos just kind of entered it straight up. Uh, I do think he comes out clutch when he matters, but I don't think Yankos has had the best season. I think um, an extra thing as well with Yankos is Yankos don't really do that hot on carry junglers, and no, guess what's meta yeah. right now is all farming carry junglers yeah. yeah it's not it's i don't think the meta is particularly suited to Yangos. i will say that wonder has had a resurgence because there was a point in like second half of lec where wonder was not looking great but he's had a bit of a resurgence in the in the playoffs but yeah i agree with you your assessment Dagdo. i think the bot lane of g2 is a little bit eh. 
Um, I think the mid lane for Fnatic has been very air. I'm not entirely... I think Selfmade's been amazing, by the way. I think Selfmade said it actually had a really good season, but I do think Nemesis has struggled. I think that's why they maybe brought Magi across as a sub, because they know that Magi has the the potential to just especially when it comes to like i know nemesis got a very nemesis got, has got a, like a really specific champion pool that works well for him like the things like the tf etc uh but you know you, you put magi in you you know you're going to get a blinder oriana you know you're going to get a good corky like you know what like, magic mm -hmm. provides when it comes to, to the mid lane so that, I think that's maybe why he's there um for fanatic and i'm excited to see whether that actually comes out as something they consider when it comes to oh lunch is just chilling hello um <laughs> but but i agree um I agree with uh, Dagda. I think um, TSM especially are an interesting choice because they do have really interesting drafts. They 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 someone like jammed adrenaline straight into their veins for the <laughs> NA playoffs. Uh, so I am actually genuinely excited to see TSM because I think people are sleeping on NA just a little bit, and I think we mean them a lot. But I do think the region has got a bit better if, this year. If Team Liquid is anything to go on, then TSM theoretically have to be really good, right? Because Liquid looked, in my opinion, they just looked like the best team in play-ins. Aside from maybe UOL, we never saw them face off, so who knows. But um, like, they look super clean, super consistent. And if TSM is a team that beat them pretty handedly, like you have to assume that TSM is going to be exceptionally good. Also, Bjergsen is having like a renaissance. Like he kind of felt like he was going into retirement mode, and then he's come back in, and now he is popping the fuck off every single game like it feels like he is dominating again and as you said the zillion pick that's like na specific meta well, it's more like bjergsen specific meta honestly the way <laughs> the way he dominates on that pick it's honestly insane and like he was getting five bans every single game in playoffs and he was still dominating the mid lane that says a huge amount about how good he is looking right now yeah, the big thing, the big unknown for me in that whole thing is um, Spica, the jungler. Mm. Just And that's not a me going, oh, well, I don't know how, like, how he's going to play or how he's going to show up. But it's more, I haven't seen a huge amount of him. I haven't watched a huge amount of TSM games. But yeah. like just looking at his match history, there's a lot of like set in there. There's a lot of that Shen, Olaf's and stuff like that. So he's kind of been steering away from what I can see from the, the more carry-oriented junglers. Although there's a lot of Graves in Italy in there kind of further downs. But a lot of losses on those champions so i don't know i think when we're starting to see a shift over towards how important the jungler is right now whether it be a lilia or graves or nidalee or whatever the hell you want um and seeing the likes of the orn rise up i think tsm maybe it'd be interesting to see because i think broken blade can definitely play much more of the tanks but i'm curious to see how spica holds up on an international stage like how is his jungler and our jungling and that's not me kind of going, oh, well, this is the new guys come in or whatever. I actually don't know a huge amount about them. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the biggest question mark for me is like, I know the bottom lane solid. I know the mid lane solid. I've seen Broken Blade. I know what he's capable of. Spick is just genuinely unknown for me. Yeah, I think he's been performing decently. I'm certainly not yeah. an expert on the LCS. In fact, honestly, I don't think any of us are experts on the LCS. Let's just move the conversation on because I feel like <laughs> at this point... I've had a beer and a half, so I'm just going to start pretending that I'm an expert on the LCS if we keep this conversation going. So yeah, I, I think I do watch LCS, <laughs> but uh, I, I haven't watched. It's the, it's the my least watched region out of all of the major four regions, like the LPL, the yeah. LCK, yeah, Europe, and, and LCS. Just mainly for timing, because I'm usually in bed and asleep by the time also, the LCS comes in. Partly just the fact that like they have been pretty appalling previously in international mm. tournaments, so I'm kind of like. 
if I've got a few hours spare from LPL, which region am I going to watch? LCS is not the top of that list, you know. Um, I help you out time as a premium. So. Yeah, exactly. There's not <laughs> yeah. much of that time. So let's let's go through the groups here because we're we're I think we're like 45 minutes in. Yeah, 47 minutes and 56 seconds into the show, out of a an estimated 60 minutes ish. So let's go through the groups here and let's talk predictions a little bit if you guys are happy to do so. Um, and let's just go straight down shall we so we'll start with group a and i'm quite happy to go first if you guys want if you want a minute to think um because group a i think is honestly group a is spicy man like there's a lot of teams in here that really could show up i mean Machi, i already mentioned i don't know Machi super well i don't know necessarily what to expect from them in terms of like where they stand but if psg is worse than them you have to assume Machi is going to be able to perform. But Liquid looked amazing in play-ins. G2, you expect to step up for Worlds. And then you got Sooning, literally the best team to ever I exist. To say, I love the way you're giving this massive spiel of, he's going to look so good. It's like, he's going to put Sooning now. It's, like, it's going to be Sooning first, 100%. So I am actually not going to be biased here, Zachter. I am putting G2 first, because I think G2 is going to level up for playoffs. I think that even if Perks and Mickey sometimes int, I think that they can just play Jin and Ash and weak side bot lanes, and that's fine. And Ezreal's back in the meta, so Perks can just play Ezreal. Be super safe in the bottom lane while the rest of the team plays. Um, and Sooning's biggest weakness, in my opinion, is Angel in the mid lane. G2's biggest win condition is how dominant Caps is. I don't think Angel can match up to Caps. And so, just on that mid-difference alone, I think that it probably leans the way of G2. However, bot difference is for Sooning. Jungle difference is for Sooning. Top, I would say, is pretty neutral between Wonder and Bin. I think both of them can have insane pop-offs. So, it's a difficult matchup to call. It could even go 1-1. But I I'm going to give the edge to G2 just on basically Caps Factor alone. I think I'm going to go uh, Sooning G2 Liquid Machi. Uh, I think I think Sooning will like beat yeah. G2 genuinely. My my three genuinely four is Liquid Machi too. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think Sooning and G2 get out. Um, group B. I'm actually going to have to rattle through my munch because uh, I have uh, an you absolutely got a livid, living cr livid crying baby. You might be able to hear it. No um, <laughs> group B. I have got. Uh, I'm going to say damn. I'm going to say. I'll say Dan one then JD. I think I think Dan one then JD, and then it doesn't matter about the, the the previous the next two. Group C is really Take hard that Larson. to call. <laughs> yeah, so no, I, I love Larson, but that is a tough yeah, group. Yeah, that, um, was, that was rough. Um, I think Group C, that's really interesting. I, mm, I, I really don't know. I really don't know how to call. I don't really don't know how to call Group C. I think um, I'm gonna say Fnatic than TSM. I'm gonna go Fnatic than TSM. I genuinely think TSM have got a good shot. I think I think LGD. I'm eh. I'm a bit lukewarm about LGD. I, I especially since they kind of entered most of the playoffs and Gen G. I'm not sold on Gen G as a as a as like a really strong roster. So I think maybe Fnatic than TSM. And Group D, I'm going to go uh, top than DRX. I don't think FlyQuest and Unicorns will level make it out of the group, despite how well UL did in that group. Interesting. Dagda, where are you at? 
Uh, so I'm gonna start Group A. I'm actually gonna. If you've got to go, mate, feel free to. Yeah, uh, I, I, to I, I, I'm, I'm gonna pop up. I loved being here. You guys are beautiful, and I love you both. And I will, mate. I will see you both very soon. That's great to just, catch you, man. Can you leave the thing on? Just mute your mic or something, so it doesn't mess up the overlay. <laughs> I will turn off the camera and mute my mic. Yeah. Perfect. Cheers, mate. All right, oh, it swaps you me and him scoundrel? around. Are you or am I scoundrel? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm a scoundrel now. Okay, okay, okay. sorry. <laughs> about I, can, I can stop the overlays. It's all right, mate. Go tend to Rupert. Rupert is more important than I am. All right, well, Daddy Scoundrel has gone to deal with the little old Rupert, who is his spawn. Um, so in the meantime, me and Dagda will finish off the conversation. So let's just meander yeah. on through here, Dags, because you and I... Yeah. We've had conversations over beer before, once or twice. A lot. <laughs> so, yeah, quite a lot, actually. Let's start with Group A, then. Um, so, yeah. I'm going G2... No, I'm not. I'll go Suning. Suning G2. Knew it. <laughs> liquid match. Even so, with Caps in the, in the picture. So, I'm actually not sure. Because, like, I think so much of this comes down to draft. Because when I'm thinking about it, I'm like, look, you know what? I do agree by far Caps is better than Angel. But I think there's a lot of mid laners right now that just like neutralize the matchup. Like if you think of like Zoe, Oriana, Syndra, even the Azir as well. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot there you could just... And like Angel's very good on Syndra, Zoe, Azir. Yeah. So honestly, I think overall he can probably neutralize that matchup. And then I, I agree with you. I think it starts to come down to, well, how do the other lanes perform? I think... Wonder and Bin, that is going to be the bloodiest top lane matchup I've ever seen. Like I am so I excited to see wait, that mate. one goes. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think actually it comes a lot down to the bot lane for me because I I don't think Quan Fung and Sword Art with the style that they play are actually going to be able to punish Perks and Mickey. And then when they get to team fights, I think Perks and Mickey actually potentially could do a lot there. But I think when we come to the jungle matchup, overall I think that we're going to see. SOFM just beating out Yankos. This this meta just doesn't seem to suit Yankos yeah. at the moment. So I kind of give a slight edge to Suning there. But then when it comes to Team Liquid, I genuinely think Corge AJ and Tactical destroy Perks and Mickey X. I agree. I I think you actually is Team Liquid. Like Impact Tank Player, cool. I'm on Shen. I'm on Orn. I'm having a fantastic time that top side. And then from that point, well, I think you just win bot side, and again you neutralize mid lane and. I think that's going to be the big thing is like how much impact can caps actually have? Because otherwise, I, I actually, my kind of favorites, honestly, looking at it, are potentially Sooning Team Liquid G2. Like with how well Team Liquid played in play ins, like mm. if they can keep up that level and if they can keep that jungle pressure going, it could potentially be an upset here. Are you going to put that in your pick em, mate? How confident so. are you? I think so. You're going to put G2 getting knocked out in groups in your yeah. pick -ems. Damn. Like I was not That's impressed spicy. when we when we watched the LEC the finals yeah. together, I was really disappointed in G. I, we actually were talking about it, like I was really they disappointed. Did look pretty shit. <laughs> yeah, but it, honestly, I was like, you know what? Like, and I love G two. Like, I've got their jerseys at home. There's a photo of me at the LEC in like yeah. G two swag. I got with the all MSI the jersey. Yeah, and uh, but honestly, I was I was really disappointed in them. They mm. don't seem to have the same. Like the thing that was always with G2 was you could never write them off. Like any game, it was always, they were kind of like IG for LPL. It was like, there's always something. It's like, Perks is going to be on Rise. He'll like 
find some play in a side lane, or Caps will make this mon like just insane outplay that'll yeah. bring them back. Wonder like, there'll be something. Even Mickey X would have these insane engages that they would just bring it back off of clean, crisp shot calling, and it just doesn't seem to have it anymore. They just whatever way it's going, whatever this meta is done and just shaking them a little bit, they just don't quite seem to have that same X factor that they used to. I don't know, man. I can't commit to that like you can. Yeah. I like I, I applaud your commitment to saying G2 when we get out of groups because that's a bold <laughs> statement. Yeah. I, I think I'm gonna that, get so much hate. I am I ready they, for my Twitter to just <laughs> Yeah, all all fifteen of our viewers are gonna be furious <laughs> yeah. at you. Um, <laughs> but like I think that when it comes down to it, it's same thing that I said for Fanatic before. Like I think that this is a team that really can level up in a big way when it comes to when it matters i think that the final against Fnatic shows that in that Fnatic won the previous best of five a week later g2 crushes them like and, and perks and mickey x 2v2'd reckless and hillicide like the level yeah, of yeah. required improvement for that to happen is huge so i would say that like regardless of the scrims that got leaked on reddit and all that because you know that's scrims don't what, matter it, it is whatever yeah. um i think that g2 will level up i i think i was saying too bold of a statement to say g2 will come first because i think that hongfong sword definitely win 2v2 and i think that sofm outclasses yankos right now and i think bin wonder honestly who knows which direction that goes i'm just excited to watch yeah. it i don't even care this who is, wins i think it's so hard to call without like the draft of exactly like, um, it's so much about out... counter matchups it's so much about yeah. counter matchups but even but down like, to like wonder bringing the sorry. nico top for example that completely yeah. shakes things up um but yeah i don't know camp's definitely way 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 above angel but angel's pretty good at neutralizing the mid lane so we'll have yeah. to see i think we should move on because we talked about group a for a little yeah. while now uh, so let's talk Group B then. Dam one, JDG, PSG, Talon, Rogue. I mean, should we just talk about Group C? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, JDG, Dam one, yeah, yeah, Rogue, PSG. Yeah, I I had this on Twitter. I think a lot of people, well, maybe not a lot of people, but I think de definitely people are sleeping on JD Gaming. Maybe oh, sure. they're not doing so hot in scrims at the moment, whatever it is. But like, this is a team that is insanely good. Like their engages are the best in the LPL. Like, top esports is amazing, but JDG are the best team fighters in the LPL. Um, Lumao is insane. Zoom is insane. And I think this is the meta that suits Kanavi down to a T because yep. a lot of the discussions we had, like, say, for Lily and stuff like this is like, okay, well, you have to have lanes that play towards your jungler. And that is what JDG did in spring. It's what we saw a lot in their uh, summer split finals as well. Um, and then also looking at other champions like Lee Sin, the Graves and stuff like that, where he can play more towards the lanes as well. That works perfect too. So I think JDG are the most flexible when it comes to jungle. And I think right now, with the way the world's meta is shaping up, that just suits them down to a T. Yeah, I agree with that completely. I do think that Damwon versus JDG is a super interesting matchup. I think that, unfortunately, for PSG talent and for Rogue, I just think they're outmatched. Um, they also both kind of want to play the same style that JDG wants, but JDG is going to be better at that style. So, And I think Damwon is very similar to top esports. And if the final is any indication, then 
that style theoretically beats what JDG brings to the table. Yeah. So I think that I don't know. I think that's a clean cut top two, bottom two, unfortunately. Because yeah, I think that Rogue and PSG are both really good as well. But I just yeah. think that this group is just impossible. Yeah. Um, and I think as well, definitely from PSG, the question mark is, hey, well, as weird as this sounds, how do they look with their normal roster? You know, <laughs> How do they do without the subs? In? True. But, um, if this is them with subs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and then for Rogue as well, I think when we looked at playoffs, Finn kind of got found out a little bit. We kind of realized, hey, look, you mm. know what? He doesn't have the biggest champion pool. So yeah, against when Nogari, you've got a player like against Zoom. Yeah. yeah. Like, that's going to be exploited massively. So I think that's where my biggest worry lies for both those squads is kind of how do they shape up. But the biggest question for me is, like, who is one and who is two? Like, I think Damwon and JDG, like, I think they go one and one. So this is going to be potentially going down to, like, a tiebreaker for, for a second again. Like, could be. I actually think this that is incredibly close to call. I think blue side, or, yeah, I would assume blue yeah. side wins, basically. Yeah. But I, I actually think that this group, because of the way the best of one works, I think that whoever gets blue side second probably wins the matchup. Just in that you could, I could easily see in their first game against each other, Red side could win just off of, like, uh, I guess, yeah. we know something you don't know or whatever. Yeah. And then the second time around, you know the meta a lot better. You know the teams you're against a lot better. You can have a much more calculated version. And blue side seems to be significantly stronger right now. So whoever gets yeah. blue side second, I would give probably like a 60-40 advantage to in this group for, for yeah. first seed. That's a really good point. I never even thought of that was just like the stuff that you could, like even like looking at Yigao, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about LPL a little bit more because we're more familiar with it, but at least Yigao in the, the finals bringing out the Lucian, I would have never in a million years thought that Yigao would have been able to perform. Like I knew he could play yeah. Lucian, but not that level. Yeah. So I think definitely like the, the upset or the surprise factor you can bring out for a red side draft, especially in the first couple of rounds against... I'm ready for team. his his vain mid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's see it, Yago. All right, um, let's let's uh, go to Group C then, because I feel like we've, to some extent, exhausted that conversation anyway. Um, and we are getting beyond the hour mark now. We're at, we're, we're two minutes past the hour, Dagda. We're late. Oh, Jesus. I need um, to go to bed. Come I know. It's, it's quarter past eight. <laughs> I've got nothing School to night. do tomorrow. Um, <laughs> group C... <laughs> Let's talk about Group C, because fucking hell, Group C. Fnatic, Genji, LGD Gaming, and Team Solo Mid. Um, so we have a Worlds finalist, technically Worlds champions, in that Genji yeah. used to be Samsung Galaxy, Worlds group stages <laughs> in LGD, <laughs> and Worlds and group yeah. stages in TSM. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, a lot of talent in this group. And I definitely think this is the most difficult group to call out of all of them. There are not clear favorites in the same way in this yeah. group. I think that Fnatic is the only team I'm willing to call a favorite in this group, honestly. I think I think this group... I know Excalibur was kind of saying that Gen G don't get out. I'd be very surprised if Gen G don't manage to get out. Um, I still think they're an incredibly strong team. And the only question mark for me is like Fnatic in a lot of their 
now again I'm not an expert I didn't watch a huge amount of LEC but at least in the the playoffs that I saw and a lot of the the games that I saw Fnatic kind of tossed the game into chaos and then they were like okay cool we managed to wrangle our way back on top and that is definitely a strategy that can work but I think against teams like Genji that becomes very difficult to do and with how strong BDD looks how strong Ruler looks as well uh, it kind of matches Reckless in the bottom lane from Ruler's perspective, but I think BDD definitely has control of that mid lane. And when Clid has uh, made like BDD who's able to control that mid lane, I think that's mm -hmm. when he really pops off. So I think Gen G will probably come out first in this group, and then I think it'll be Fnatic. I don't see, L I think LGD finished last, at least with the performance that they're having at the moment. Um, oh, and maybe TSM in best of ones as well. Exactly, LGD is yeah. doomed in best of ones, I think. Yeah, I think the thing that Gen G has is like, um, I mean, Crimson Cyclist has said it in Twitch chat. Can't count out Ruler. I think BDD and Ruler yeah. both are the kinds of carries that. I, I mean, I said this at MSC, and I'll say it again. I still feel the same way. Like these two guys, when it comes to those clutch moments, when it comes to backs against the wall kind of situation. These are the kind of players that you can believe will just make it happen. Like I think you're they're generation defining, right? Yeah. It's like there's a couple of you kind of see the generations of League of Legends. I think like BDD, Ruler, they define their generation in LCK. Like we've got Knight and Kanavi who are now defining the new era of LPL. I think we're starting to see that come through, and that's kind of where I have them marked. So you put them in the same category as like Showmaker and Nuggery. Yeah, I, I think they're insane. I think they're so damn clean. Um, I love watching them. I think they're they're insanely, insanely strong. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I'd agree with that, honestly. And then I think TSM, honestly, it's so difficult. to. This is the thing. Like, We haven't seen TSM since NA playoffs yeah. against NA teams. Like, I don't know where TSM matches up in this. Because like, when you're under the pressure that these laners can, can put, on. like when you're against a team like Fnatic that made it to LEC finals when you even like LGD if they can look as good as they did today totally different story right can they do that in a best of one who knows honestly who knows but if they can it becomes very difficult so this group is the most difficult to call let's round out this talk let's just put our rankings in I'm gonna okay. say I'm gonna say Fnatic TSM, Genji, LGD. I'm saying TSM makes uh, it out of groups. Yeah, that's based on that's how Liquid bold, performed. Yeah. Based on how fucking good Liquid, like Liquid, looked like the best team in playoffs. Yeah, and but LGD think... looked like the worst team in playoffs. <laughs> I know, but some things crack under pressure. Some things turn into diamonds. True. I think tactical turned into a diamond. Um, but well, I think TSM Challenger. looked amazing compared to <laughs> yeah. Liquid in playoffs. Yeah. So I, I would say I that know. TSM have a very real shot of making it because the meta is pretty slow right now, and they're playing against teams that are that like to play pretty slow. TSM likes yeah, to play still, pretty slow. I still, th I think it's, I think Gen G is the epitome of playing slow though. Like if I look mm -hmm. at any team, like who do I want? Like obviously JDG can play a very slow game as well. Group B, but Group C, Gen G. If this is a slower meta, it's Gen mm -hmm. G that I give the favor to. So I my headspace is kind of Gen G, Fnatic, TSM, and then LGD. Wait, you put Gen G first? 
I have Genji first. Damn. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I, I saw a few Fanatics games. I think they do look good, but definitely weaker than they have years previous. Mm. Um, and I think Genji's controlling style can do a lot. Uh, I think their mid jungle two v two stands up a lot better. Like I, I think self made is probably the best jungler in LEC at the moment. Oh, but for definitely, sure. For it, sure. Yeah, but is I think the the mid jungle like Clid BDD versus Nemesis self made. Like I'm giving that to to Clid and BDD. I I think they just take that and from that can. I'm giving it work. to self made and BDD. <laughs> yeah. I think self-made and VDD are both really good. I think Clint's really good, but not as good as self-made. And then I think Nemesis is struggling. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. We'll see that. Because actually, one thing that's worth mentioning is Nemesis loves control mages. The meta yeah. is set and control mages, basically, uh, with a couple of shenanigans in there as well. Like, this meta could actually kind of work for Vigar. And Nemesis is sort of a Vigar one trick. <laughs> the thing for Nemesis, though, is that... Um, now, I could be wrong again. Again, I haven't watched a huge amount of LEC. He always seemed like, oh, yeah, cool. He Like, Vagar, he's got his control mages, but very much a centered on the mid lane kind of guy. Whereas I think I look at a lot of the other mid laners who are like, oh, yeah, we do control mages, but we move. Like, we go mm. elsewhere. Nemesis or we have a chills, support. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we have supports that play towards them. Now, I know Hillisang does play quite a bit towards mid lane. But I think if we're starting to see bot lanes that are going to be able to contest them and then move, I think still I give the edge to Gen G. But I still think Fnatic come out second. Um, but then I think that's where TSM starts to fall off, is mm -hmm. just like the early game map movement. I think TSM, as you said, do play a much slower game. But I think I give the edge to Fnatic with the ability to play a much faster pace in the early stages and pick up some early advantages. I'm going to have to wait and see, mate. I, I can oh, yeah. only, I can only make this call I mean, this when I'm clicking those pick <laughs> when I'm clicking those pickums like because that could change at the last possible second and it probably will we'll have to see I can definitely see where you go from with Genji there so we are we're in accord wait no you're Genji first Fnatic second Genji Fnatic I'm Fnatic first Genji's I, I was Fnatic TSM Genji LGD yeah. you were Genji Fnatic. Yeah, TSM, TSM. LGD. LGD. I love the way we're just like LGD are done last. <laughs> they are done. Like if any if playoffs and regionals and the whole yeah. split and playoffs is anything to go by, <laughs> which it probably should be. Um I love the way I everyone's like IG died for this. It's like no V5's died for this. Yeah, this what's is... <laughs> I, I tweeted this like, hey guys, do you remember the, the two times that LGD crushed IG into the dirt? Yeah. Like, come on, rookie died for this. <laughs> IG died for themselves. IG yeah. did not deserve this tournament. Rookie oh. deserved this tournament. Anyway, yeah. different conversation for a different time. <laughs> uh, group D, let's uh, finish off this this whole shebang with Group D because this one is definitely the hardest to call. I think I, I'm just going to get it out of the way. Top Esports, number one in the group. I yeah. think you can agree with that I one. I think we're both agreeing. Like, yeah. I... We don't even really I don't need to know go an into analyst it, who's not like that. Yeah. Incredibly strong lanes. They can win through all three lanes. Kasa is the big question mark. Kasa and Yu Yanja for me. Obviously, Yu Yanja looks a bit weaker as, as like the, the newest player on the team. But Kasa, when you think about his jungle pool, it ain't matter. Like the Trundles, the Lee Sin, like these are not picks yeah. that are good right now. And he's not so that I much of a carry. 
he's not a carry, but I think, like, I actually, it was Clement who put me onto this. I had a chat with him a while ago. Was when you look at how, like, his stats all look terrible. Like, everything when you look at Carson looks abysmal. Except but his the smile. Thing is, true. <laughs> but he's actually, the pressure he creates, the reason those stats look so poorly is because he's all about control. Like, he just wants to make sure he knows exactly where the jungler, enemy jungler is. He's going to be on strong early game jewelers so then he can shut down that opponent. And I think when we're looking at a meta of some champions like the Lilia, I mean, not so much the Evelyn anymore, but some of these more, like even Hecrum kind of to a certain extent, it's like these champions that don't duel very well. I actually think Karsa bringing out a lot of the, like, the Lee Sins, the Gra well, Graves is obviously a meta at the moment, but definitely strong dueling champions still fits top esports because top esports is not about jungle top esports is let's enable our three really strong lanes and um, the bigger question mark for me is yuyanja mm -hmm. but he has also been a person he's that is, yeah <laughs> but he's also been a support that like has consistently improved yeah. over the course of the split but we're hitting worlds like we're now at the focal point yuyanja is a rookie like he joined way back in spring he looked real shaky he has steadily and slowly improved but you're now on the world stage like that is a very different beast and i think like that's kind of something that we like we didn't touch on for Huan Fong on Sunyu and stuff like these guys are rookies and when you're going up against some of these guys there is the potential that you end up like drx is full of a bunch of veterans uol have shown that they don't care they're just going to play their game they're going to have fun and they're going to look really damn good doing it and the same on flight quest you got a bunch of veterans there as well so i think there is the potential here that maybe uangia starts to slip and that's when we start to see them think... especially against like walter and ignar you know that's an aggressive bot lane like they're going to look to kill you but yeah, but if Yanji can hold up, I think we're good. I don't know, man. Like, I think even if he's a rookie, like, he's alongside Jackie Love. If he does start to in it a little bit, then we'll just stick him on Yumi. We'll stick him on Braum. Whatever. <laughs> no worries. We'll play Jin Braum bottom lane. No stress. They can be weak side. Yeah. But, like, I think that even in the. I, first off, I actually don't think Hugh Yanji is going to run it. Like, even if he doesn't perform no. super well. Yeah. Like, he can just play Thresh. He can just play Braum. He can just play Yumi. There's a few picks he has, and Nautilus as well, like, that he can just chill. He doesn't have to be super mechanically good. So long as he doesn't run it, the rest of the team is so good that he doesn't have to be exceptional, you know? He can just be a role player, and that's okay. I think and that... I think he... Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, I think that he can tick those boxes enough that Jackie Love Knight 369 can go nuts. And the same for yeah. same for Castle. And that's the big point, like the one you hit on, is that this is the, the Trident team, right? They have mm -hmm. three lanes that they can play through. And even if we get like Impact, who's a big Shen player, a lot of LEC who's big Shen players, um, if we start to see this style, top esports is more than capable of going, cool, we're just going to play through top side. We're going to play say, through mid. Like there's always that opportunity. I will say they're not against Impact. Impact's no, I know, but this players. is, I just mean Shen players in general, Tank oh, right, players right, right. and stuff like that. It's like, they don't have to play through just bot side. Like, they're perfectly capable of sticking Jackie Love and Ezreal, mm -hmm. they'll stick the Braum in beside them, weak side bot lane, cool, 369's on uh, Jax, 369's on a Kale if they end up against an Orin. Like, 369's there's a lot on whatever there. the fuck he feels like <laughs> at the time. Yeah, exactly, so I think this is a team that is the least 
capable of being like locked into a certain style because they have so many people that can carry. And I think the beauty of it is, is that obviously Knight is just insane in the mid lane. Yeah. Like that's why Karsa's, as we said, his stats aren't good because he's just controlling the enemy jungle, making sure that he can't get involved in the lanes because then 369 is going to win because he get he 369 definitely gets a bit of help. But I mean, Knight's just going to win his lane. If you just leave them in a vacuum, uh, even against players like BDD, he was perfectly fine in MSC. So, yeah, I think that's definitely where top esports come out on top. Let's as you just, just spent um, this entire segment talking about top I'm going to take a second here and just quickly talk about the fact that the mid laners in this group are actually are fucking stacked, stacked right? Because you've got Chovy on DRX, who's LS's yeah. golden boy, but he's fucking insane. You've got, obviously, Knight <laughs> is insane. Yeah. But then you've got Power of Evil, who, similarly to Bjergsen, has kind of had a bit of a resurgence in, like, he's an old legend that has finally started to really pack a punch again. And then in Unicorns of Love, we've got No Man's who's come out of nowhere and started just popping faces. Like, I don't know how No Man's is going to be able to perform against literally some of the best in the world. Like, Knight and Chovy are very much in the conversation for best in the world, uh, alongside maybe Showmaker and Rest in Peace Rookie. Um, but yeah, like, this yep. this group is stacked. Let's move on from top esports. Um and let's talk about the rest of the group. So we're both putting top esports number one. Let's place the rest of the group. I am going to throw a bit of a spicy prediction in this one. Okay. Because even though Jovi is on DRX, even though Deft is on DRX, I think Unicorns of Love is going to make it out of this group. Ooh. Because I thought you were going to give me a FlyQuest for a second. No, mate. I, was like, oh. <laughs> I think FlyQuest comes fourth. I think DRX comes third. And I think that Unicorns of Love comes second. Because Unicorns of Love are very Moscow 5. The way that they play is not very similar to... I think the only team that's particularly similar to them is G2. And even that is like there are some significant differences. I think they play, they are, they play their own game that is quite different to everyone else's game. But importantly, they stick the fuck together. So many teams, when a player's lost, will be like, all right, this was not, this was, this was a 40-60 play. Let's not do this. Unicorns of Love don't give a shit. If someone's caught out, they're like, United front, like, let's get in there and save our man. And I love that kind of League of Legends. This is the kind of I team that is just going to charge in and fuck you up and dragon x if they want to play slow that kind of style beats that if flycast want to play slow that kind of style beats that i can see this team getting second drx versus uol is going to be the only game where zig's a contested pick yeah, <laughs> like, right it's like because like, you can have deaf two plays and you've got everyone yeah, on, on apparently on uol can play it so yeah i think it, it's it's going to be super interesting um like i think the bigger question is like which Piosik shows up, right? Because Piosik can be a little bit all over True. the joint. So I think if Piosik has a good series and like can play off a of Chovy, I think DRX can definitely take it. But I mean Anahasic and Nomans have been Ananasic. one of the strongest and Anahas Ananasic. Ananasic. And, and yes. all the H's are ends basically. Yeah, Ananasic has had um they've been like one of the best mid jungle 2v2s in play in so far and you've got gadget who's been insanely yeah. strong in the bottom lane so honestly i think the biggest question there is like 
does Piosic show up? Because I think yeah. definitely Chovy is going to play like Chovy should dominate No Man's. I mean, with his whole legacy and story that we have for Chovy, I think definitely he should be able to take over that lane. But if Piosic isn't there to support him, Ananasic is just going to show up. He's going to take over, give No Man's three kills on Cassidy, and then from that point forward, I mean, what else do you do? Yeah, I agree with that one. And I actually think that <clears throat> with the way that the with the way that the meta is shaping out and the fact that it's best of ones, I don't know, man. Yeah. I think the stars are aligning for UOL. I can feel it. So I'm going top esports, UOL, DRX FlyQuest. That's where I'm at. Give me your four. I think UOL. I think if there's any team here that's going to give up a game, it's going to be top esports. Yeah, top esports are going like, five on one for sure. Like, yeah. <laughs> I do not believe the top esports will go six. And it's going to be the UOL. They're going to do like, something fucking stupid as well. <laughs> They're just going to like int the draft or just like take a two v five or just some yeah. dumb shit that loses them a game because they know that they're the favorites and they yeah. they're like ah who let's just fuck Anytime. around yeah let's see if we can make a montage play <laughs> like honestly yeah. i genuinely i i just know that they're gonna lose at least one game i like i have a feeling it's gonna be jackie love who tries to go for like this amazing play bot side and then just run straight into like gadget and santos it's just like oh yeah. wait a second yeah. <laughs> or even deft and carry like that's a strong bot lane like yeah carry is a guy we've not really i still think about. it'd be top esports first but yeah i think like carry is insanely strong yeah so like the bot lanes in this pool are relatively stacked um like i think santos is thing. definitely the weaker <clears throat> portion of the is, OL, but... i want to i want to quickly touch on flyquest actually now you mentioned the bottom lanes because flyquest bottom lane is actually really good but yeah. they are again some of the best but like yeah Wild Turtle is a pretty great AD carry, right? He's an aggressive AD carry. He wants to win the 2v2. Fantastic. So does Jackula, except he's the best in his role. So, so does Deft, except he's the best in his role, right? Like, the the guy and Gadget, obviously. I don't know how Gadget stacks up against the very best, but, like, Jackula and Deft, like, they have defined this role. These are two of the best historical AD carries ever. Not even just this year, like, ever historically so like can wild turtle stack up to that can gadget stack up to that that's a huge but, question like, this is the bloodiest bot lane like death and carry yeah. want to kill you while turtle and ignar definitely want to kill you i mean gadget and santas have shown they're they're not afraid from a fight and, and yadja and jackula who fucking knows what they want <laughs> yeah. they're just fucking around man <laughs> yeah, so this stage, i don't know this is i like this is going to be a crazy crazy group to watch i still i think it will be top drx uol fly quest um, i think the the biggest issue i have with fly quest is i think poe is actually surprisingly probably one of the weakest weaker if not the weakest mid laner in this same for Santorin. i think he's the if po6 shows up i think he's the weakest jungler in this and then solo Solo, I think, can do okay. Yeah. But I think just the, the mid and jungle 2v2 is just so much stronger on pretty much I think all the question other... is just how well UOL shows up in regards yeah. to those topics. Is like, how, yeah. was UOL just styling on players' teams or are they actually legit good? Is the big question at that point. So I don't know. That That's a question that I don't think we're going to be able to answer here tonight. Bot lane, though, is just going to be a 
bloodbath. Bullet's like I cannot insane. wait to see it though. Yeah, I still think I still think DRX coming on top. I think Def and Carrier are so good. Carrier in particular is just so damn good. Uh, I have Carrier like right as one of the best supports in Worlds. I think he is so insanely good. Yeah, but, I agree. Yeah, I think I think it'll be top. I think it'll be top esports or DRX. Honestly, I just think DRX is less stupid. I think <laughs> I think DRX I think would take first. Just because top don't um, end up messing up a game, but I think yeah, top beats DRX every time. But yeah, I think it's I think it's those two. Whatever fashion it comes about, like I'm not I'm not saying top esports like everyone's like top esports the best in the world. They are. They're really damn good. But sometimes they're a bit into <laughs> so, I agree I with that. They're not always serious. They've got Knight, they've got Casa, they're happy to mess about a little bit. Alright, so <laughs> exactly. let's just bear in mind this best of ones and take it from there. Yeah. <laughs> so let's round this up, Dagda, and I've just yeah. decided, as always, as always on our first episode, we're gonna follow our tradition of finishing off our final drink. Well, so already... Dagda I'm empty, hang on. Yeah, I'm empty. All right. <laughs> You're empty. Well, I had to double check the two cans that were there, if they're good. <laughs> okay, well, just polish that last little bit off. I'll polish this last right. little bit off. Cheers, Cheers mate. Bud. Have a good one. It's good been a pleasure. pleasure. <laughs> you had a lot more to go than I did. <laughs> I didn't have that. I had about a quarter of a pint. All right. That's going to be that. Ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining us. I have been at Hey Munchables. You can follow me on Twitter here. He has been at TagDeCass. I can't point to his one exactly because he's on a different camera in a different country. Um, but he can point to his little tag, which is, yeah, there-ish. And then underneath us both is a scoundrel. He's a little old legend from the UK scene. LEC host, EU Masters caster, Twitch Rivals caster, overall extraordinaire, and legend of esports. Give him a follow. You know, give him all the love. Go to his YouTube and subscribe because the guy posts daily, I think, on YouTube. Oh, and really good He's grinding it. Well. Like, seriously, yeah. if you like TFT as well, he's got tons of advice on TFT. I'm burping like a madman because I just downed half a pint. Um, <laughs> so with that, I'm going to call it here. This has been Bevies with the Boys. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed coming along. For everyone that has followed the stream, thank you very much. Uh, Gina, thank you very much for the 100 bits as well. That's going to be that from us. Dagda, any final things that you want to say to our audience before we leave? Um, no, thank you very much for joining us. It's been a pleasure to bring you the first episode and hopefully we'll bring you a lot more. Um, and yeah, hit us up on Twitter and we can enjoy Worlds together. Absolutely. All right, well, we're going to call it here. If you're watching on YouTube, click like, click subscribe. There's a bell, I think. I'm pretty sure. Other than that, <laughs> <You're so good. laughs> we'll see you next time.